Hello and welcome to the Sisters podcast. My name is Sama, and unfortunately, I am not joined by my sister and co-host today. But that's all right because I wanted to talk to you about a topic that she is probably sick of hearing about, which is New Year's resolutions. And you might be wondering why in the middle of February this is a topic that I wanted to discuss today. And I think it's exactly for that reason, because we're about six weeks into the new year and a lot of people might be feeling a little lower in terms of motivation and momentum to keep going with the new goals and tasks they've set out for themselves for this year. And so I just wanted to talk about why it's important to keep those goals at the top of mind, even if they need to adjust a little bit to reflect the realities of your year and what's actually within your capacity to change right now. So it may come as a surprise to absolutely nobody, but I love setting goals. And I think a lot of people get intimidated by the idea of goal setting because it seems really daunting. Like, where do you even begin? And so I wanted to take a step back and actually talk about what goals are or rather what they should be. So according to Google, a goal is an idea of the future or desired result that a person or group of people envision, plan, and commit to achieve. I think that's a really good definition because it points to sort of the objective of a goal as opposed to the specifics of it. And I think that's where people can often get confused in terms of defining the list of tasks that they need to achieve in order to work towards their higher vision or goal. I like to think of personal strategies as a hierarchy. And if we were to start at the top of a pyramid-like structure, the most important step in creating whatever kind of self-improvement plan or strategy that we have for ourselves is understanding our values. This conversation of values was actually something that my best friend brought up to me last year when I was talking about goal setting with her. And she said that in her previous job, her boss asked her and her teammates to think about their professional and personal goals as being aligned to their values. And I didn't really know what that meant. Like, what is a value? So the way that my friend described it was a couple of overarching motivations that keep showing up in our lives and that push us to value certain behaviors or activities or traits in ourselves and in others. So for her, she talked about one of her values or motivations as being newness. She loves going to new places. She loves trying new restaurants. She loves buying new things. Newness is a real motivation for her. Novelty is an aspiration. And so that was an interesting idea that she brought forward because she and I definitely have a lot of similarities in terms of the activities that we like to do. I also love traveling. I love trying new restaurants. And novelty is certainly something that I appreciate, but my motivation for those things is because I want to have a breadth of experience. And part of it is driven by my desire to want to have a really interesting life. It's not so much the newness of the experience, but it's really the variety of the experience. And so that was really 
cool when she mentioned that because it actually pointed to a couple of times where we've traveled together and we have completely different ideas of what a good time is. So for me, standing in line to get into any kind of place automatically ruins the experience for me. Whereas she might still enjoy it because she gets to tick something off her list. Like I went to I don't know, Art Basel, um, which I also really enjoyed going to, but I would have preferred it if there was like no lines and nothing obstructing me from experiencing the fullness of the event. So that was an interesting one. Another value that she pointed to in her life was justice. And it makes a lot of sense because she works in the DEI space and she has a PhD related to conflict um, resolution and conflict management. So justice is definitely something that I see emerging for her, not just in her personal life and personal politics, but also in the professional and academic work that she's chosen to pursue. Again, that's an area of similarity where we have very similar politics and um, similar attitudes towards justice. But I wouldn't say that that's something that has really motivated my career path in the same way that it has hers. I would say, for me, something that's really motivated me is problem solving and critical thinking. That has been a really constant thread throughout my life that has taken me in a lot of different academic and professional directions. But the the crux of it and the motivation for it has always been, how do we create change? So this constant evolution of myself, of organizations, of policy, and of society at large is something that is a really important value of mine, and it has manifested itself in lots of different ways throughout my life. So I would invite you to think about that for a second and define what your values or motivations are. And I think it's a really good exercise to do with somebody who knows you quite well. That could be a friend, family member, partner, coworker, because it's interesting to see what they think shows up a lot for you. And in fact, they might have a better perspective than you do because, you know, they're seeing it from the outside. And a lot of stuff that you think is just universal, like everybody must have the same value or motivation as you, is actually quite different. Another one of my core motivations is artistry and creativity and being surrounded by beautiful aesthetic. And I realize that not everybody has the same uh, value and motivation that they place on that. You know, everybody enjoys seeing beautiful things, but it's how much they're going to put into their daily life and effort to pursue that that makes the difference. So you'll find that there are probably a lot of values that resonate with you, but maybe only two or maximum five that you'll find as being continual motivators throughout your life. And that's an awesome thing to be able to see what makes you tick and what makes you unique. Once you've understood your values, it's easier for you to see what vision of yourself and of your future that you want to create. I saw a really good quote the other day, and I don't remember who said it or who it's attributed to, but it said that the purpose of your life is not to find yourself. It is to create yourself. And that moved me because what a different approach 
to <laughs> seeing the purpose of your life, um, not as something that needs to be uncovered and found, but rather created. And I love that. That's certainly going to stay with me for some time. So again, the top of the pyramid is your values. Then the next layer under that is the vision or goal for yourself, your life that you want to pursue. Once you've defined that quite clearly, you realize that there are some behaviors that you'll need to either create or commit to in order to get you closer to that vision. And so that layer I would call systems, patterns, or behaviors. If, for example, being um, athletic is a really important motivator for you and being able to run a marathon is one of your goals, then a behavior that relates to that or a system or pattern that you need to adopt in your life would be having a regular training regimen and being able to um, have stamina to participate in a marathon. You'll need to change your eating habits. You may have to change your uh, lifestyle and how much you prioritize training over other things that you want to do. And that's fine. That's all really good stuff once you know what you're working towards and what you know um, your values to be. For me, running a marathon is (laughs) not a goal for me. It's not a vision for me. But having an artistic, creative, and interesting life definitely is. And so part of the behaviors or patterns that I want to adopt are being able to travel regularly, being able to see art and create art, being around like-minded people who have interesting approaches and worldviews. That is a huge uh, motivator for me, and it connects back to one of my values of artistry. When you understand the patterns that are required or the systems or the behaviors that are required in order for you to get to your vision or your goal for your life, then the tasks that follow are kind of easier to slot in place. And so I think people often confuse their New Year's resolutions or their goals as these tasks that are required. So again, if you're training for a marathon, some of the tasks may include getting a gym membership. Um, buying a treadmill, running every day. You know, those are daily tasks that you can check off your to-do list. That's not a goal in and of itself. Buying a treadmill is not a goal. I mean, once it's checked off the list, okay, what happens next? It's again, fitting into that larger system of where you're aiming towards and why. For me, when it comes to travel as a pattern or behavior, I need (laughs) money for that. I need time for that. I need to have um, an idea of what kind of experiences I want to have while I'm traveling. And so those become part of my to-do list. Doing research, saving up, putting my money in a TFSA, um, making sure that I accumulate enough uh, paid days off so that I can take the kind of vacation that I want to take. Those are tasks that I can work towards, maybe not on an everyday basis, but on a weekly basis or certainly a monthly basis to check in with myself. I also have other goals like living in a tidy and clean space. That's a vision that I have for myself. It's what I think I deserve and what I think a responsible 32-year-old should be able to achieve. And so underneath that are a list of behaviors or patterns that I need to adopt. Regularly 
decluttering my space, having good cleaning routines. And then underneath that are maybe daily tasks, like picking up after myself, um, you know, every single day, doing a 10 minute tidy every day, cleaning out my dishwasher every day or every other day, um, throwing the garbage, you know, all these like daily tasks that you can check off again on a to-do list, create bigger habits that again, work towards my goal and my motivation of being like, you know, a clean and healthy person. <laughs> like that's not something that I think about constantly, but it certainly aligns with the kind of life that I want to have. Interestingly, I found that after getting a cat, a lot of these visions for what a good life look like became a lot easier because I wanted to give those things to my cat. You know, I wanted him to have healthy and delicious food every day. Delicious for him, <laughs> obviously not for me. Um, I wanted him to have a clean environment to be in. I vacuum so much more now as a cat owner than I ever did before because, you know, he's on the floor all the time. And so if it's dusty or if there's lint or fluff or whatever on the floor, first of all, he's going to eat it and then he's going to get sick. And then that's more work for me, but also because I know that he deserves to be in a clean environment. I clean his litter box twice a day. All these activities that weren't really like things I had experienced doing beforehand, but as soon as I got a cat, I knew what kind of life I wanted to give him. And so I adopted patterns and behaviors to support that. It's interesting how it wasn't that intuitive for me to develop those behaviors for myself. I think it's also productive to frame behavior changes as hard things. It's not easy to make these improvements to your life that are not things that you are used to doing. It is a big deal and it's good to call those hard things. But the important thing is to realize that you can still do hard things. But don't undermine the effort that's involved in creating these behavior changes for yourself. Another important thing to remember is that the life that we see other people having or project onto other people based on social media or posts that we see is, again, highly curated. So don't compare yourself to them. And some really important insight that I got from a podcast a few weeks ago is when it comes to athletic people or trainers, it's likely those people who were naturally athletic who became trainers. Don't compare your day one to their, like, I don't know, day 1000. Similarly, it's likely people who are really good at academics that have jobs in the knowledge sector. I'm one of those people. Um, so if somebody was to compare themselves to me and be like, oh, how do I get to there? It's like, well, I don't know. It's just, it's a pattern of behavior that I'm really accustomed to. So now it doesn't feel like work. But if I had to explain where I started, it would be a lot of work for somebody getting into it for the first time. So a new mantra that I adopted last year was that if it can be learned, I can learn it. And maybe it's delusion or cockiness, but I never felt there was anything academic that was too difficult for me to learn. Truly, even if I have like no experience with it, I felt like, and I still feel that I can learn it. 
sure, it'll take me a little bit of time, but like I can learn it. Whereas I had a much more fixed mindset when it came to my physical abilities and things related to fitness. I felt that, you know, I can't run, I can't jump. And of course I can, but what I meant by that is that I can't do it at a level that somebody who maybe is uh, more practiced than I am and taller than me and maybe has a physique that lends themselves to find those things a lot easier, um, you know, I may not be as good as them, but that's okay because that's not a huge objective for me. Skating is a really good example of this. So I grew up in the desert, no ice, no snow no exposure to anything like ice skating. So it's not something that I grew up doing. But when I moved to Canada, it, you know, is an activity that people enjoy doing. And so when my friends want to go ice skating, I want to be able to say, sure, I'll come with you. Up until, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I really did not have any exposure to ice skating. And even now it's incredibly limited, but I decided that hanging out with my friends was enough of a motivator for me to be able to learn a little bit of skating so that I wasn't going to fall and hurt myself if it came up as an activity. And so I took some skating classes and I've been skating a few times. I am by no means an Olympic level skater, but I can balance and I likely won't fall. That's good enough for me. In my definition, I can skate. I don't skate well. I'm not going to be in any competitions. I'm not going to win any prizes, but I can skate. And so if I had let the definition of, quote, being a skater uh, be defined by the Disney movie Ice Princess, then I wouldn't consider myself as being able to achieve that. But if I consider myself being able to balance and not fall as good enough for achieving my objective, which is to be able to hang out with my friends and enjoy a winter sport, then I have achieved it. And I think that's again where having a vision for your goal is really important. My vision is to be able to enjoy winter with my friends. The behaviors that I need to do are like participate in skating and the tasks are learn how to balance and not fall. I did those things. And so again, that aligns with my value of like spending time with my friends and family, being able to enjoy experiences and being able to like have a diverse skill set, not a high proficiency in every single skill, but an ability to say, yeah, I can do that if necessary. I experienced a similar thing with my language proficiency when I was traveling. When I was in Morocco, A lot of places, um, people didn't speak English and they spoke French or Arabic instead. My French abilities are limited because I haven't spoken French in almost 16 years, but I still can understand a fair amount of French and I, with practice, can pull sentences together. On an average day, I'm not practicing and I wouldn't consider myself like a fluent French speaker, but in certain situations where like knowing any French makes it an asset, it was certainly something that I leveraged. And so my proficiency in French, um, wasn't going to hold me back from like giving it a go. And I wouldn't define myself as a French speaker, but I was able to speak French. There was another really good ad 
I think it was from Sport Check a few years ago where there's this woman. Um, she's a bit larger. She's running in somewhere. And she says, I'm not a runner, but I'm running. And I love that. Because I think that's how we need to think of a lot of like new experiences for ourselves and hard things for ourselves. I may not be a quote unquote runner, whatever that looks like, but I'm running. I used to feel like I wasn't an outdoorsy person because I would see outdoorsiness as being defined by like white people putting themselves in really uncomfortable and (laughs) frankly painful looking situations. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to wear hockey and like hiking boots and like do these ugly, painful things, but I actually love the outdoors. I just want to have a really peaceful and beautiful time in the outdoors. I don't even mind hiking. I just don't want to do it competitively. I just want to do it so that I have a really wonderful, enriching experience. And so again, when you think of your goals, it doesn't have to be this like intense boot camp type of regimen that you're working towards. It may just be, I want to be able to experience a sunrise at the top of a beautiful mountain. And what that might entail is having to train yourself so that you can get to the top of the mountain in a timely way so you can see the sunrise, but you don't have to do it in an aggressive way that injures you or makes you feel uncomfortable if your objective is to simply see the sunrise and not to race yourself or somebody else up there. And so I'm going to leave you with that. And I hope this resonated. I'm bringing this up in February because we can recommit to our goals. We can recommit to behavior change and to the to-do list that we have set out for ourselves every single day. And we can try that on the first of right now. It doesn't have to be a new year in the traditional sense. Every single day, every single moment is a new moment. Start now. All right. Let me know if this was helpful for you and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.